Our subject is cultivating faith and inner strength in today's world. And my first question for you is, how do you know that what you believe is truth? Paramahansa Yogananda said, the search for truth is the most marvelous search in the world. And he also said, instead of being merely a matter of attending a Sunday service or a puja, religion must have a practical side. If it's not practical, religion is of little value. At the same time, religion, like science, should be given a proper test. So in that sense, doubt can be constructive. Master, and we call Paramahansa Yogananda master because he's master of himself. Master said, constructive doubt in regard to divine matters will move us, to, move us toward truth more quickly than dogmatic belief. Why is that? Because reasonable questioning shakes the foundation of dogmatic fanaticism. And questioning instead builds a strong foundation of beliefs. Faith is built on that strong foundation. Constructive belief has reason within it. It doesn't mean blind acceptance. We have been given the power to understand and we need to use God's God-given intelligence. When I was a teenager, I just couldn't swallow whole the religious teachings that I had been raised with. Some I just didn't believe, some I questioned. So I finally said, God, prove yourself to me. And you know, I didn't perceive anything. So I said, that's it. I'm an atheist. Now, I realized that when I died, I might find out I was wrong. But I had a speech prepared. I was going to let him have it. This God is supposedly a God of compassion and love with all this suffering in the world. A few years later, I attended a Sunday service at the Self-Realization Fellowship Temple, and the minister addressed belief directly. He said, you don't have to believe anything blindly. You don't have to believe in reincarnation. Just try meditation. See what it does for your life. I was a scientist. That was it. I could experiment and prove. Paramahansa Yogananda said, to meditate and practice Kriya Yoga is the scientific way of solving the mystery of life and its inscrutable problems by first solving the mystery of the self and its relationship with spirit. To anyone trained in the methods of the masters, the knowledge of the masters comes, fulfilling one's hope, the hope of all mankind, to set the spirit free. So obviously, I made a 180-degree turn from being an atheist. And when I decided to become a nun, a friend of the family said, you have the gift of faith. And from the way she said it, I knew either if she had faith, she no longer did. But this is the thing. Faith is often tested. Not only there are so many terrible things going on in the world, but more powerfully, when in our own life we experience tragedy, chronic illness, suffering or death of a loved one, 
financial crisis, then faith in God's love and compassion is tested. Master said, faith implies total trust or confidence, and disbelief, destructive doubt, are delusion's first line of attack. Destructive doubt is paralyzing. It actually blocks receptivity to beneficent workings of higher forces and laws in the universe. And it blocks ever ready to help grace of God. Those are two beautiful truths that Guruji gives us. That when God created this world, within the universe are beneficent workings of higher forces and laws, and all we have to do is attune ourselves to them. And the subject of grace, I think often we think of grace as something kind of magical that just happens to us through the whim of God, but no, grace is ever ready to help. We can attune ourselves to this ever ready to help grace of God. When we're blocked with doubt, we tend to resist progress, reject ideas, there's an inner disquietude, maybe even a, a sense of hopelessness. So what can we do? We'll outline five practices to break us out of those bonds of doubt and discouragement and deepen our awareness of God's loving presence within. Master said, Implicit in belief are the elements of will and imagination. Without willingness, one can't believe. And since belief is an uncertain waiting, hoping to obtain results, to believe also requires imagination. So when we're struggling with doubt, we use our will to step out of those negative feelings, and we use our reason and imagination to visualize or affirm truth. It helps to read something from the scriptures or from the Self-Realization Fellowship teachings. There are, powerful lesson, there are powerful affirmations in the lessons, and there are affirmations in the book's scientific healing affirmations, metaphysical meditations, and where there is light. We should find an affirmation that appeals to us and commit it to memory. This is my favorite affirmation from the supplement lessons, Lesson 39. And by the way, if you have not subscribed to the supplement lessons, my question is, what are you waiting for? You know, all of us have the older edition of the lessons, all of Master's books, and yet we are so much, getting so much out of these new lessons and the supplement lessons. It's like soul candy. So my question for you is, what are you waiting for? Okay, that's my plug. Now, about this affirmation, it's so beautiful. Why don't we try closing our eyes, put the attention at the Christ center, the point between the eyebrows, and repeat after me. Divine Mother, Thou art invisible, yet Thine energy flows through the rays of sunshine. My veins are filled with thine invisible rays, making me strong and tireless. As the sun shines in the busiest streets, I behold thy rays of protecting love. 
in the crowded places of my life's activities. I love this affirmation because it starts out validating a reality that many of us have when we're tested, and that is, Divine Mother seems invisible. So what do we do? We use our reason and look for evidence. God is present. And if nothing else, we can open ourselves to the life-giving power of the sun's rays. We affirm, Divine Mother, Thou art invisible, yet Thine energy flows through the rays of sunshine. With the next line, we take it a step further, turning our mind to the awareness of God's strength and power flowing through us. My veins are filled with thine invisible rays, making me strong and tireless. We need to be strong and tireless, all of us. It's nice to think that with enough effort, we're going to be walking around in peace, joy, divine love, wisdom within, and we will. But the reality is, this is a plane of duality. There will be health and sickness, joy and sorrow, light and dark. We have to learn to endure the challenging periods. Whether we're aware of it or not, God's conscious cosmic energy surrounds and sustains us. This energy flows in through the medulla oblongata at the base of the skull. It's this energy that gives us the strength to endure. And it's not just, okay, I'm going to endure this. One step in front of the other. No, I'm filled with Divine Mother's energy. I'm strong and tireless. These positive thoughts allow more energy to flow in. Then endurance becomes a positive, a powerful force for growth and success. My veins are filled with an invisible rays, making me strong and tireless. I was talking to a neighbor, and he flew to Colorado to participate in a three-day bike race. And this is a bike race where each day you go up a, a, a narrow hiking trail on bike, and you go up and down the mountain, each day a different mountain. So he said, you know, you'd start out in the morning, and usually by mid-afternoon there'd be a rain shower. The second day, He's going up the mountain, and close to the top, it starts to hail. Now, you know what, happened when ti what happens when tires hit ice. Yep, he fell down, fell down on one side, but he got up, kept going, got to the top, fell down again, this time on the other side. He was totally bruised on both sides, but he said, I didn't feel this a thing because pea-sized hail was pounding me so hard, I, it hurt so much, I didn't feel anything else. Next day, going up the mountain near the top, a thunder and lightning storm. It's above treeline. He's the tallest thing around. He said, it's amazing how much energy fear gives you when you think you're tired. Now, when he told me these things, he didn't say, Oh, I fell down. It was so hard and it was so difficult. No, you could tell. He loved facing these challenges. And I said to him, you're a warrior. And he said, it's character building. 
So we have a choice. When obstacles come, many of us say, why is this happening to me? Those of us on the path might say, and often do say, it's my karma, it's coming to me because it's my karma. And the concept of karma is so helpful in making sense of this world, understanding what we give out comes back. But we often take it a step further. If only I had been a better person, meditated more, better choices, then I wouldn't be having this struggle. But this is using the concept of karma as a cudgel. Don't do that. Let me ask you, what level of sainthood do you need to be where you are not going to have these struggles? I don't know any saint who hasn't struggled. So we need to shift this to practicing acceptance. The tests are coming. Tests come to all of us. About tests, Sri Dayamata says in Finding the Joy Within You, if you never lifted your arm, its muscles would soon atrophy. The limb would become weak and useless because never used. Strength, willpower, faith, all these muscles are developed when one is forced to use them. So never think that if life were less difficult for you, it would be easier to, go to know God because it's not true. The ways in which God is disciplining you are what, require, are what you require now for self-unfoldment. The ways in which God is disciplining you are what you require now for self-unfoldment. So we need to use a larger lens, see obstacles as a means for growth, affirm our strength to overcome. We affirm strength, we affirm endurance. And in Sanskrit, the even-minded even endurance is called titiksha. This is from God Talks with Arjuna. Guruji says, practice titiksha, which means not to give in to unpleasant experiences, but to resist them without becoming upset mentally. Guru G explains that all sensations are reported to the mind through the nerves and the brain. And interestingly, a mind made strong by the practice of powerful and positive thinking is less affected by pain. There's an amazing story in Mejda. Guji's father underwent surgery for hernia when he was in his 80s. He refused general anesthetic. And because of his many years of Kriya, he was able to interiorize his consciousness and disconnect it from the body. I know another member who doesn't go under anesthesia for dental procedures. Now, I'm not saying everybody should go out and say, no more Novocaine for me. We, no. We just need to realize these are the powers of the mind and we each have them and we can gradually develop and grow towards that place. Guruji said, use your will consciously to develop mental strength, the mental power to face with courage and faith whatever conditions confront you in life.
be tough. Don't allow yourself to succumb to feelings of helplessness or fear. Be ready to endure when trials come. And notice Master says, not if trials come, when trials come. Keep your mind positive and strong. Be anchored in that which is changeless. The successful yogi can stand unshaken amidst the crash of breaking worlds. Again, we shouldn't be rash. You know, going out and lying on a bed of nails, it's not necessary. We just try to rise above the disturbances gradually that we're experiencing in our daily lives. From Lesson 20, endurance is what you must have. Whatever may be your trouble, make a supreme effort to remedy it without worry. And until it is resolved, practice tatiksha. Isn't this practical wisdom? So to recap, we turn our mind to the reality of God's presence in our lives, and we turn our mind to the awareness of God's strength and power flowing through us. And the third step, open the heart and mind to God's love. The last line of our affirmation, as the sun shines in the busiest streets, I behold thy rays of protecting love in the crowded places of my life's activities. Our lives are crowded with many things, work and duties and daily interactions with people. But our minds can become crowded too with sadness and anger and worries and fears. We need to use our will to turn our minds to this truth. No matter if the, ma if the challenges are outer or if they're inner, Divine Mother is here. Divine Mother's love is here. Even if we brought on our own tests by our own mistakes, she is here supporting us, helping us. She's actually pulling us back to God. But we have to open ourselves to her presence. If you're not the devotional type, I have good news. And here I'm going to go into the little bit of the science of creation. Paramahansaji explains in God Talks with Arjuna, creation is a result of repulsion, a going away from God. It's an externalization of spirit. But inherent in matter is the force of attraction, and this is the love of God. It's a magnet that ultimately pulls us back to Him. Within each one of us is an inherent pull of the heart longing to know God. It's felt as shraddha or devotion for God. Shraddha is defined as the natural inclination of the heart quality to turn towards its source. Natural inclination of the heart quality to turn towards its source. Faith is an integral part of surrendering to this pull. Now, isn't that interesting? We don't have to build faith. All we have to do is surrender to the heart's pull. So we start by looking for evidence of God's love. Love from friends and family as gifts from God. Even in the smallest of things, the breeze on a hot day, we can see that as a blessing from God, a grace from God. See the beauty in nature as God, the love and joy of a pet. 
I know that some of you are going to be very surprised to learn that nuns can get tense too. For instance, when they're preparing an inspirational service. Yesterday, I was working on trying to gather my thoughts. And I want you to know that also, nuns have many other duties. And one of my duties, it's a blessing, is I'm taking care of a seven, a seven month old puppy that was given to us by the ashram. So yesterday when I was, as I was saying, I wasn't exactly uh, feeling too relaxed and I'm trying to focus and gather my thoughts. And all of a sudden two paws are on my lap and this adorable face is looking at me with this ridiculous dinosaur in his mouth. And I had to laugh. And you think, okay, I get it. Thank you, Master. Don't take life so seriously. You can look at anything as a sweet, inspiring message from God. As the sun shines in the busiest streets, I behold thy rays of protecting love in the crowded places of my life's activities. There's another aspect of Shraddha. If we look at life as a spiritual battlefield, on one side are these forces of irreverent disbelief or doubt, and they're trying to dissuade and discourage us. And on the other side, we have a powerful metaphysical soldier named Divine Devotion. All we have to do is rouse our Divine Devotion to fight those forces of doubt. Several times a day, we focus on God's strength within us, God's love surrounding us to help deepen our faith. In addition, we need to devote time every day to scientific meditation. And that's the fourth step, utilizing techniques of meditation which will help us to know the truth residing within our own soul, within each one of us. Guruji said, in the inner communion of the soul with God, intuition begins to unfold naturally. Initially, a sort of provisional trust is necessary, but we can know that God is with us and we are His children, made in His image. As we surrender to Him through love, through intuition, conviction is gradually transformed into faith. We all have that intuition. God-realization is not a monopoly of yogis and swamis. When we open within ourselves the secret temple of the heart, then with the all-knowing intuition of the soul, we shall read the Book of Life. So we decide to sit still and meditate, and guess what? Troubles don't automatically disappear. Sometimes, actually, when we get quieter, we may feel even more restless. That's why it's helpful to have scientific techniques of meditation to help calm the mind, to turn off the chatter of problems and restlessness. In the stillness, we tune in to our intuition. When practicing techniques, even if you don't know techniques, it helps to, helps to focus the gaze at the spiritual eye, the point between the eyebrows. In meditation, if we're dozing, the eyes are down. 
If the thoughts are running rampant, the eyes are straight ahead. But we can lift the gaze and then we will change our consciousness. So the fifth practice is lifting the gaze to the spiritual eye. It's the door to the kingdom of heaven. Master said, if you focus your attention on that seat of concentration, you will find tremendous spiritual strength and help from within. Notice it's not strength from without, strength from within. When we pray deeply to God and His great saints, Guruji says, concentrate at the Christ center between the eyebrows. Silently chant and pray to God, keeping the attention there until we feel God's response within as calm, deep peace and inner joy. Again, the response comes from within. Calm, deep peace and inner joy. So when we're meditating, we need to check regularly, make sure that the eyes are gently lifted. And it's a gentle lifting. You know, when you're looking straight ahead, there's no strain. And when you have the eyes lifted to the Christ center, there's no strain. Sometimes people are trying, trying so hard to focus there, we need to relax. And each time that the eyes drop, we gently bring them back. No shame that the eyes have drifted again. Just gently bring them back. As you continue to do this, you'll see how this practice really helps to still the mind and focus in meditation. Master said, in the calmness of meditation, your consciousness will be able to focus on truth and understand. In that state, faith develops. Through unfolding intuition, you receive the evidence of things not seen. So we meditate with patience and persistence. We would all love that every day is Christmas, every day we have calm and joy and peace. But remember again, this is a plane of duality. On the days when there are no gifts, we keep on keeping on practicing the techniques regularly, knowing spiritual growth is subtle. Sainthood is not instantaneous. Most of us are saints in the making. So we keep a positive attitude remembering effort is progress. So to summarize, how do we deepen our faith? We turn our mind to the reality, God's presence in our lives. We turn our mind to the awareness of God's strength and power flowing through us. We open the heart and mind to God's love. We practice Kriya Yoga meditation every morning and evening. We put our attention at the Christ Center, the point between the eyebrows. I'd like to close with some thoughts from Paramahansa Yogananda. He said, go to God, pray and cry to Him until He shows the workings of His laws to you and guides you. Remember, greater than a million reasonings of the mind is to sit, meditate upon God until you feel calmness within. In the gathering calmness, 
you will enter that realm of soul intuition. Throughout the ages, those beings who attained enlightenment were those who had recourse to this inner world of God communion. Jesus said, When thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Go within the self, closing the door of the senses and their involvement with the restless world, and God will reveal to you all his wonders. Above all, Master says, meditate deeply every day. Make actual contact with God that you might in truth realize all I have said, that delusion might be forever banished from your soul. By the application of science in religion, your uncertain belief in spiritual possibilities can become a realization of their highest fulfillment. The great ones who have discovered him never live in doubt. They experience the truth. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Let us take a few moments now to deeply pray for all who have asked for our prayers. Let's pray for our Guru's worldwide spiritual family and all who are in need of God's help. And let's especially pray for greater peace, harmony, understanding in the world. Let us now have our healing service. When we practice the healing service, we either rub the hands together briskly or we rotate them around in a circle and we visualize the cosmic energy flowing into the body through the medulla oblongata, down the arms and hands. Um, when we, then we chant Om and as we do so, we visualize the energy flowing out through the arms and hands to those who are needing healing. So let's stand for the healing service. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Thou art omnipresent. Thou art in all Thy children. Manifest Thy healing presence in their bodies. Heavenly Father, Thou art omnipresent. Thou art in all Thy children. Manifest Thy healing presence in their minds.
Heavenly Father, Thou art omnipresent. Thou art in all Thy children. Manifest Thy healing presence in their souls. Now let us chant Om for peace, sending vibrations of peace and harmony throughout the world. Om. Heavenly Father, Mother, Friend, Beloved God, Jesus Christ, Bhagavan Krishna, Mahavatar Babaji, Lahiri Mahashai, Swami Sri Uteswar, our Guru, Paramahansa Yogananda, saints of all religions, we bow to you all. O Spirit, we toss and dance on thy waves of creation. Help us to dive deep into the awareness of thy beloved presence within. Om. Peace. Amen. God bless you all.